welcome to season two, episode fourteen of Interactions with Reality. And today we're going to talk about healthcare. Now, there's a lot of politicians and people that want health for our country, apparently, or so they say. Um, but let's look at it. Uh, do they really care about our health at all? And if they did, wouldn't they make some, maybe some really basic, simple, obvious, common sense decisions that they could do right now with very little extra money? Or maybe a little extra money, but not a lot, not a whole lot. Let's start with bathrooms. All right, so there's public restrooms all over the place. And pretty much all major retailers and restaurants have them. Many of these, you get access to 5 to 10 seconds of running water um, that is cold oftentimes. And with the little motion sensor and all that sort of thing. So you can't really properly wash your hands under that because it's cold water to start with. And on top of that, um, it doesn't run for the full 20, 30 seconds that you need to really thoroughly wash your hands well. Um, <clears throat> that's a problem. Maybe maybe we should make a rule that if you're going to offer bathroom facilities to your customers, maybe you should have to have hot water. Maybe that should be a thing. And if you don't have a hot water, maybe there should be some kind of regulation about that saying, hey, you know, if you're not going to supply hot water for your customers to wash their hands and thoroughly get them clean, you know, maybe maybe you need to pay some kind of extra tax because you're you're making people more likely to get sick. And then another thing is we got bathroom stalls and, you know, frequently you might see graffiti on them and, you know, the typical ridiculous nonsense that that goes on those walls. Um, what if instead we turn those walls into health education? Like, example, how to wash your hands properly. Or, hey, what about cross-contamination? Something that apparently not very many people know about. All right, so let's let's take a little trip into the bathroom. You go in the stall, you close the door, take your dump, wipe your butt and then to get out of the stall you use the hand that you wipe the butt and you open the door so you've just touched your butt germs to the door i mean presumably it, some people uh, some percentage of the people are going to get something on them i mean not everybody some people are really clean and they they can wipe their butt without getting stuff all over them but some people they're going to wipe their butt but maybe they had like a maybe they got a little bit on them or maybe they blow their nose or whatever anyway hands are dirty and they're taking that dirty hand and they're taking the same lock that you used to close the door and they're touching that with their dirty hand to open it back up then they go out to the faucet and if it's not one of those that automatically turns on they're touching the faucet with the hand that they pooped with and then after the hands are nice and clean <clears throat> I mean, presumably, let's say, let's say this is an ideal scenario and you actually find a place that actually has hot water instead of just ice cold water or whatever. And all right, so you, so you turn on the faucet, <clears throat> you wash your hands, your hands are nice and clean. Then you reach up and you turn the faucet off. What happens when you turn it off? You touch the same thing you just touched with your poopy hand. 
So, all right, so now you've just recontaminated your hands. And then you go spread it on the doorknob on the way out the door or the, the handle on the way out the door. And then, you know, and you go out into the store and you spread it all around. Yay, everybody's got poopy poopy hand stuff all over their stuff. Um, that's cross-contamination. And this is why gloves aren't really that great, <laughs> you know, because people, you know, you see sometimes like during the, the whole pandemic, deal you saw people out there wearing gloves and you know and that's all well and good and then somebody calls them so they pick up their cell phone and then they put it back in their pocket and then later on they take off their gloves and they type the whole the cell phone that they just put back in their pocket with the the gloved hand that had all the germs on it and they they pull it back out with their clean hand presumably and now they're contaminated that's cross-contamination and I find that not very many people apparently know about this but um, maybe maybe for healthcare we could start teaching people about these basic things using the walls of the bathroom stall to do so so if you're gonna do this without the cross-contamination because here there's an easy solution this is really really basic and most people in the medical field will know this because you know they they teach classes on this like they should probably have in every every school. I don't know if they have it in the regular schools or not. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Who knows what education those kids are getting, but <clears throat> in my experience, the vast majority of people don't practice this. So anyway, so let's uh let's repaint the scenario. You go to the bathroom and then after you're done, you take one single piece of toilet paper and you use that to open the door. And then you put it back in the toilet after you're done. Well, not back in the toilet. You put it in the toilet after it's done. And then you go out to the sink and, you know, maybe you turn it on with the back of your hand rather than the front of your hand. And then you wash your hands thoroughly under presumably hot water, which I doubt it. You'll you probably not get hot water. Um, maybe that should be a rule that if you're going to provide a bathroom, you should definitely have hot water. Um, and you wash your hands and all that stuff. And then rather than just reaching up to turn the faucet right off, you reach for the paper towels first. And if there's a lever, maybe, maybe you push that lever down once with the back of your hand before you get started, um, before you even turn the sink on. And then and then after you've washed your hands, you grab that little piece of paper towel and you use the piece of paper towel to turn off the sink. And then you fold it so it's a clean piece. And then you use that to, you know, dispense more paper towels to your to your need. And paper towels are actually way more sanitary than those little air blower things because they actually help get the germs off. If you if you ever um all right, a little side note. If you ever get poison ivy, if you use a rag or a paper towel or something like that, after you wash your, your hands and you use that, that actually gets more of the oil off than washing your hands does. And you can go on YouTube and see some videos on that. There's there's other people that, you know, show with, I think, like infrared lights and different things or whatever, black lights. Maybe it's a black light. They show uh, how that works real time. So you can go and get an education there if you want. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, and then 
you're not out of the bathroom yet. <laughs> so you've dried your hands, but you don't just throw the paper towel into the trash right off. You go to the door and you open the door using the paper towel so that you're not cross-contaminating and getting, you know, whatever germs of whoever didn't wipe, didn't wash their hands at all. You, you aren't getting those germs on your hand when you open the door. Um, and then you throw it in the trash can, which should be right next to the door. And if it's not right next to the door, throw it on the floor right next to the door because somebody needs to get the message that you got to put a trash can there because anybody with a brain knows about cross-contamination. Well, okay, that's not true at all. Lots of people with tons of brains don't know about cross-contamination. That's why it needs to be educated or people need to be educated or whatever. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, yeah, that's the bathroom thing. And then there's a lot of stores that have doors that you actually physically have to touch in order to open them. And and those doors, what I recommend to people, is look at the wear patterns on the door. And if you're a clean person and you you are wary of cross-contamination, um, you can look at the door knob or the door handle wear patterns and you'll find that most of the wear patterns are almost always at the top of the door handle. Um, so why not reach for the bottom part where there's no wear patterns? <laughs> there are very little wear patterns because that's where the majority of people haven't touched. And maybe that's the safest place to open the door for those that know. So, you know, that's that's another thing, you know. It's it's bizarre that I even have to mention all this stuff. It's 2022. This should be common knowledge. But healthcare is not that much of a thing because they really don't care. You know, like people get paid a lot of money when there's sick people around. You know, sick people pay a lot of money to get well. And sick people pay a lot of money to not get well. <laughs> they, they just, you know, it's like a money machine. Why would you turn off your money machine? But okay, let's let's take a trip to the ER. You go in the ER. Let's say you broke your finger, cut yourself, you broke a leg, you had some sort of trauma injury. So you walk in there, and everybody with the cold, the flu, the COVID, the whatever else, EBGBs, is in the same waiting room with the people that just had a trauma event. So you go in the waiting room. And you're sitting next to Joe Blow who's sneezing and, you know, got snot and boogers and everything going every which way. And, you know, particulates of germs going everywhere. And then you get seen for your little finger or whatever. But then you go home and get sick because you got exposed to all the germs in the ER. And this is so stupid. The ERs, it should be a mandatory, common sense, mandatory thing if... if politicians actually cared about health at all they should make this a rule sick people go on one side well people go on the other if it's trauma you go on one side completely separated from the sick people by a wall <laughs> and and then um then you don't have to get exposed when all you need is your finger sewed up and that's it and people that are sick, okay, whatever. I, I get maybe you got to put them all in one room or whatever. But maybe that's not even a good idea because they all got different sicknesses. You know, what if what if they had like 
something of the equivalent of like a bunch of cubicles where there's like infrared light and whatever else like all all different like uv sorry uv lights and stuff like that to kind of cleanse everything as you're in there so so maybe it's a little more sanitary than our average waiting room because i remember times when well, there are some things I can't really say on this podcast because I, it's complicated. I can't even talk about it. So, But basically, I've been in the ER, and it doesn't matter if – it doesn't matter what, what your situation is. You're going to get exposed to those germs because they're just dumb about it, really, really dumb about it. This is just basic, basic knowledge. And people all want to say, oh, yeah, science and all this stuff. Okay, we'll use some science and look around. Like, this is this is obvious. This is very obvious that sick people should not be in the same waiting room with well people who just have a trauma event. And maybe a waiting room should start, like, having an outdoor option where people could go and wait outside. So if you're sick... Maybe there's a really nice courtyard where it's exposed to open air and lots of plants and, and different things. Like, wouldn't that be a better idea than forcing everybody to go in a closed space and breathe all each other's air and all that sort of thing? It's just it's just not bright. So then let's take a little trip around town um, and you see... Hey, there's soda machines in the high schools. What? <laughs> Not always. All right, I get it. Some, you know, we we have progressed a little bit in this area. Not every high school has soda in their in their waiting or in their um in their school rooms or whatever. I guess cafeterias. I I was homeschooled, so I I don't really. I guess I don't have too much experiences. I just heard rumor that they actually keep soda machines in schools. And I've been in schools for school events, um, sports events or whatever, uh, for friends or whatever. And and they actually have soda pop machines in the schools. And it's like, okay, we, the obvious, I mean, it's pretty obvious that, that sugar is not the best thing for people's immune systems. <laughs> so if the government really cared about the health Okay, sure. People should have the freedom to go in and buy, you know, and have their soda or whatever. But they shouldn't have that available for them in those locations. Because why weaken the immune systems of people that are in large groups? That seems really dumb. Like, if people want to individually weaken their immune system before going to that group, okay, whatever. That's on them. But for the school itself to sanction weakening the immune system of everybody around. That's a little bit like, okay, that's a little uh, stupid. All right. So let's see, moving on. If they cared about health, maybe we wouldn't be just spraying poison all over our crops all the time. Especially root vegetables and stuff like that. There's there's some crops where the poison on the crops is, is worse for you than on other crops. But, you know, they, they have these GMOs and stuff like that. And GMOs are genetically modified organisms. And what did they genetically modify it to do to be able to take high levels of glyco- glycosates? Glyco- something. Gly- I can't remember the exact name. Um, 
but basically it's poison so they they make the crop so the crop can handle the high levels of poison that will kill all the weeds and stuff around it and they think oh yeah this isn't so bad you know like our crop can handle this so no no big deal right so what about nature around the farm like what about nature off-site like where's all this going like when it rains when it rains where where do all the glycosates go like where do all the poisons go like go into the water they go into the land they go all over the place what damage do they do to the ecosystem surrounding the farm that's something to think about you know when you poison when you poison your land and it rains and it runs off into a river a creek a stream like you're poisoning our water you're poisoning our <laughs> you're poisoning the wildlife you know who knows what it's doing to the insect populations like there's there's reasons that there's there's a lot of things in the ecosystem they all play off each other and it's really important that they keep doing that and if you poison everything as your grand solution to things like you're destroying a web of life and that's gonna hurt everybody it, it can't not i don't see how it cannot hurt everybody um but yeah that's that's the thing and the people that are hurt the most are the people that live closest to the land oftentimes like the people that want to just go to the river and fish for their food they're they're getting the fish with all the poison in the water like what's what's that do to the fish like it just doesn't make sense that this sort of thing is going on and people are so short-sighted because they worked out a formula with one particular thing it's like hey look around this doesn't just affect the thing you're working on this affects everything around it too and when they fail to take that into consideration no matter how smart and scientific they're being they're missing something in a way that's going to hurt a lot of people and there's plenty of examples where you can actually see this real time I mean, look at look up environmental damage from pesticides i'm pretty sure there's going to be some things on google um now granted a lot of money can silence a lot of information and uh, if we oh yeah here's another thing right <coughs> and this is getting a little bit out there but it's all provable you can prove it for yourself go online and figure out who the majority shareholders are for all major brands that you use. The telephone brand, the food brands, everything. The social media brands, everything. Look look up who's the majority shareholders. And you're going to find BlackRock as one of them. And BlackRock is... Uh, also, there's... there's um, there's another one. Oh, what's the other one? It's it's even bigger than BlackRock. They've got a majority share in BlackRock. So I can't believe I'm forgetting this right now. It's going to come to me in a minute. Um, but anyway, there's these two major investment groups or whatever you want to call them that pretty much run everything. And when you when you look into it, and you find that these people are at the top. And the one... Uh, I can't believe I can't remember this. This is, this is obnoxious. Um, uh, can't remember it. But whatever. 
Vanguard, Vanguard. I think it's Vanguard, Vanguard and BlackRock, and and they pretty much got shares in everything. The majority shares of just about everything you could think of. You're, you know, think of any aspect of your life: products that you buy, from the cars to the shoes to the the clothing to everything. And look who's got the majority share in those things. And you'll find it's all Vanguard and BlackRock. And Vanguard owns the majority of BlackRock. So if you see BlackRock, that's more holdings for Black, for for Vanguard. And these people literally are dictating reality for the rest of us. And that's a, that's kind of a scary thing. You know, that's that's some real power, like more power than our president has or whoever else, you know. Um, I'm not here to, to down any particular politician. Um, pretty much, I, I, I'm not even going to get into that, but, um, uh, let's just say I, I voted for Yeshua most elections <laughs> because all the rest is kind of a joke. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so so that's uh that's my crazy rants on healthcare and my crazy rants on you know world domination by particular groups. So um, I hope you enjoyed that. I know it's a little out there and uh, it's a little more in the weeds than I usually go. Um, probably switch back to a more tame topic next time. I guess I was just a little upset because. Uh, Somebody I know, um, one of my nieces got sick from having to go to the ER and they had just swallowed something that they shouldn't have swallowed and they just wanted to make sure that it was going to you know, pass through them or need to be taken out one of the two. And when they went to the ER, the kid got sick and that was completely unnecessary. The hospitals are just being stupid. Honestly, I think that they should be able to sue them for that sort of thing because that's just pure insanity to put a kid, a child, in with a bunch of sick people when the kid's not sick. The kid's just got, like, something in them that they shouldn't have in them. But, like, that's just it's just stupidity. Total stupidity should never happen. Uh, should never even have to be a thing where you have to choose to expose yourself to that stuff in order to go to the hospital. It's it's just insanity, real insanity. So, if you're one of those people that want healthcare for the population, maybe we could start with these basics. Who knows when the politics will catch up with with what we all want in life. And I don't know. I mean, I I could get more into that. I'm not even going to go there. All right, we're just going to end it here. I could say way more. I used to work in the medical industry, by the way. Um, I I spent a good number of years. Uh, yeah, yeah, just stupidity. And I got to see a lot, too, because I, one of my jobs, I worked in a facility transport. So I was in and out of every hospital in the entire county and some outside of the county. And not only that, I was in, in and out of like a lot of medical facilities as well that weren't hospitals, um, like cancer treatment or whatever else. And yeah, yeah, this was just some of the stupidity I witnessed and, and I'm still witnessing here in 2022 and we're still living like 
uh, people are going to look back on this in history and think, man, these people were just as stupid as the people that were just bloodletting because they thought that was a good idea. You know, it, think of the most archaic health advice you've ever heard. It, it's It's about that dumb. It's really not changed much because there's way too much money in it. And doctors get paid whether or not people get better. And I'm not opposed to doctors. I'm not opposed to healthcare in, in general as far as like, yeah, sometimes you need to go to the hospital. Sometimes you need to get something done or whatever. But like, man, I just wish they could take the stupid out of it. All right, I've said enough for tonight, and I've kept this really tame. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it. All right, have a great day, everyone, or night, or whatever. Peace.